We are Italian Nords. We are myself, Chris Lanoy, and Andrew Richardson. And uh, yeah, we like to cling on to people doing cool stuff with bikes and document it. I think we probably have the best jobs in the world, I do think. Yeah. <laughs> people don't realise that actually video teams don't film everything. They only film the things that they think are interesting. So mm. things that might be interesting to other people but aren't interesting to the video people might not arise. It's like photos of your kids. Yeah, exactly. It's like, exactly like I like looking at photos of my kids. But I show them to other people. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, I can care. And that's fine. I like them, but no one cares. And that's like, you know it's kind of the same as like because you've experienced it there's all the bits in between that you find personally interesting but to be honest to like a wider audience they're like yeah well that's I have always said that there's nothing more boring than someone else's holiday pics yeah yeah. <laughs> that is basically our film isn't it that's going to be our film it's like and um listen to more stories stay tuned Tom? for more stories Tim? tomorrow stay tuned for more stories tomorrow to hear more as my good friend Liam Yates likes to say Stories by us. What stories tomorrow? I feel like this is becoming a recurring theme now where the podcast starts by me apologising for the long gap between the episodes at the moment. It's been super hectic. I've been really busy uh, editing a few videos and films which are on the way and probably not released by the time this goes out. But I finally got round to editing... Uh, another episode that we recorded in Iceland so you may have heard the last couple of episodes one of them was Anna Lawrence and I explaining what more stories tomorrow is at least in its current form and and then the, the the episode after that was another one from Iceland which was kind of our traditional trip podcast this one is a conversation with Chris Lanaway and Andrew Richardson the filmmaker and photographer who joined us in Iceland and uh, talking about their production company, Atelier Nord. It's a really informal chat just after we finished our trip around Iceland. We're all a little sleepy. It's about midnight after five days out there. But it's a really interesting conversation to hear about the types of trips that Andy and Chris like doing and kind of their experience of Iceland and watching us go through it. And actually that film now... Uh, is out there, it's on YouTube, you can go and watch the film that they made and a load of the images that Chris took are on our Instagram and on our website as well, over on bikepocking.com, they're all over the place. I hope you enjoy this conversation, I suspect we might have another little gap until the next episode, but it is coming, there are recorded episodes and they are on the way. So thank you for listening, I hope you enjoy the episode, and if there's anything that you would like to hear on the podcast, any guests that you want me to speak to, any Q&A type stuff, send me a message. I'll put it in my big box of ideas and maybe one day it shall make it to an episode. I think that's enough for the intro, so let's get into it. We're sat here with Lawrence and Anna again, but with two extra special guests who've also been following us around Iceland. Chris and Andy, would you like to take it in turns to introduce yourself, who you are and what you do? Keep it brief. Go on, Chris. We are Atelier Nords. We are myself, Chris Lanoy, and Andrew Richardson. And uh, yeah, we like to cling on to people doing cool stuff with bikes and document it. 
exclusively bikes? No, we do other stuff too, no, but we only talk yeah. about the bikes. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about the fun stuff. Oh, we've got to introduce myself now as well. Go on. Chris is a son. Whilst you're here. I'm Andrew Richardson, I'm a videographer. And Film, I'm cycling, basically. Yeah. And running. Nice. Yeah. And he just got into bed just before we record this podcast. He thought he'd, he th- he thought that was it for the day, but it's literally dozed enough. I was about to put my mask on and go to sleep. <laughs> Apparently not, not today. <laughs> this is, uh... Yeah, and we're sat here because whilst we've all had a great time and had a little chat every day and given our stories in a non chronological order, <laughs> I would like to hear both of your perspectives, how it's been following the trip what you feel like you've taken away from it um, and maybe some points for improvement for the three of us as well. I'm sure you've covered other similar things. Yeah. You can compare and contrast the chaos. I'd say probably about 25% of what I do is basically this. <laughs> just following people around and not on a 4x4 because it's normally it's just road, never proper, proper off-road. It's been fucking easy, to be fair. Are you asked for? Yeah. yeah. I'll just make sure I tick the box, yeah. the explicit box. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been. Re- I think it's been really easy. The last two days have been the hardest because it's road and it's not that exciting, yeah. realistically. So easy, not as in terms of logistics to shoot, but just in terms of there's interesting things happening. Interesting things happening because when you're following people for like nine, ten hours in a day, it's less about if there's interesting things happening. It's your excitement over what you're about to film. So like the last two days, whilst the view's been lovely, not really that much has happened. So it's, it's quite hard to piece, to piece together a story. I don't know for photos, if it's the same. But for video, you're, work, you're working out how you're filming things and how it's going to come out in the end all the time. Like the storyboard is in your head. And if the storyboard doesn't, in your head doesn't fit what's in front of you, then you get to this point where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I filming? How am I going to make this interesting? Because at the end of the day, if you're trying to make something that's 10 to 15 minutes and the last five minutes is boring, people won't watch it. So you just... Just hoping for something to happen. Yeah. And what people don't realise is that actually video teams don't film everything. They only film the things that they think are interesting. So mm. things that might be interesting to other people but aren't interesting to the video people might not arise. So, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. It's kind of similar with uh, the still imagery, but it's from a still point of view, you, you're just looking, you're still looking to kind of tell the story, but you're on like the kind of transition days like today in particular that like the weather was grim which obviously creates challenges in terms of trying to document stuff because it's miserable and visibility is not fantastic but you're trying you're looking for something that encapsulates what happened during the day or like a feeling a kind of mood or atmosphere or landscape or whatever and you know, raging drivers outside. Uh, but yeah, so it's more just hunting for that moment or that place or that, you know, what might happen. You're kind of, there's a bit more of like, you know, something might happen at this point, so I want to be there. And like, for example, one shot today, I was looking for this shot, particular shot with the weather, the road, we're on the coast road. I wanted something head-on showcasing the road and also like that kind of showed what you guys as riders were having to kind of deal with today and just at that moment a huge truck was overtaking you with its headlights on and you can see all the rain all the spray everything and it's kind of that's what you're looking for so you're kind of always working thinking processing but it's like you're just looking for that you know scene 
It's kind of like state-owned media, isn't it, in a way? <laughs> yeah, they just sculpt what people want to see in some ways. Yeah, I think that's, to be fair, that's the thing I always find hardest about these trips is I have like a tendency to want to tell everything because I'm like, this is so interesting to me because I was there. But you forget that people don't have 60 hours to spend on your experience and you do have to distill it and that means some things get cut too. Have it's you, like photos of your kids. Yeah, exactly. It's like, exactly like I like looking at photos of my kids. But I show them to other people. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, I can care. And that's fine. I like them, but no one cares. And that's like, you know, it's kind of the same. It's like, because you've experienced it, there's all the bits in between that you find personally interesting. But to be honest, to like a wider audience, they're like, yeah, well, that's, yeah. Fodder. Yeah. yeah. So also, yeah. what people don't realise is that you, know, you want everything to be really exaggerated in some kind of way because otherwise it's just you going bike touring or bike packing. So, oh, you need had a lovely time and nothing really happened. Yeah, if you do that, no one's going to watch it. No one wants to watch someone manically laughing for 15 minutes saying they're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Has there been any moments on the trip where you've been like, oh, bugger, I missed it? Like, because... Or Not really, that's, the, that's the reason capture. for handicams, like giving you guys the yeah. opportunity because that's another level to filmmaking. Like, if I'm just film with a really expensive camera shooting you at the same time there's no real connection to you at all but once mm. it turns itself around and you have the camera you're showing people what you want people to see it makes it really hard for editing but I mean it gives another level <laughs> another dimension to what you see and yeah. we should explain what is this camera 1990s special edition dad, dad yeah. cam right yeah it's one megapixel it's called a Canon Legria 306 RF <laughs> and it's his shit but it is amazing at we, had, we had a lot of fun with it didn't we yeah i think as well though because none of us to my knowledge are media trained as well the dynamic is always going to be different when we're just out on a hill by ourselves filming each other compared to like no matter how friendly I you guys using are that, like i used to use snapchat yeah 10 years ago yeah just open it <laughs> yeah open it and shoot yeah just yeah. film everything yeah just easy to use and it gives because obviously we can follow you over the glacier, so there's no way we'd ever would have anyway, to be fair. It's just dangerous for us for all our equipment. Um, so giving you that, shooting kind of like behind the scenes, it's like if you ever see like a music video and see the behind the scenes of it, the behind the scenes are way more interesting than what actually happens in the music video. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you could easily make a, a whole movie out of what you guys shot on the dad cam. Not that anyone would watch it, but I mean... I would. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd be like photos of my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I have always said that there's nothing more boring than someone else's holiday pics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is basically our film, isn't it? That's going to be our film. It's like... That's why you have to make it interesting. Like yeah. Animated maps and yeah. voiceovers and all that kind of stuff. If it's just you guys just riding along. That's why whenever you see any other films that we produce and stuff like that, it's never about the riding. It's mm. always about everything else that's around the riding. Like even... Yeah. Like that BBB thing we're talking about, there's maybe 30 seconds of someone riding a bike yeah. out of 10 minutes. It's just a vehicle to tell yeah. the story. Yeah, this is the thing. This is what like Lex Arthur taught me a couple of weeks ago, even when I was talking to him about it, that cycling is such a literal thing to film. And if you're not filming cycling, you don't know what it's about, but you can interpret it in other ways, and it's how you interpret cycling in other ways that makes it interesting to people. Because mm. you can go outside and you can see a, a 25, stone, you're a 25 stone man cycling a fucking Apollo Carrera or a Carrera down there. From Halfords. From Halfords, down the road, and it's not interesting. This is the way you interpret it to be. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. A little nugget there. Yeah. <laughs> and how does that, how does that relate to the film then? Like what, 
in your head, what is the story? Having been like observing the week, what's the story that you want to tell having come away from this? Or do you not know yet? Yeah, I, I do know it in my head. The first part of the story is going to be around the idea of someone who sponsors you saying, just show them having fun and immediately show them not having fun. It's kind of like whenever brand managers come to you and say, oh, I make a really nice, happy thing, like with other brands that we work with, well, everyone has got, always got to be smiling, but when you ever really, really smiling, it's not It's very reality. different though, isn't it? When yeah. like in a commercial sense, you have absolute control. Like you will wake up two hours before sunrise, drive to a spot, have people looking a certain way on a certain bit of road or a certain bit of trail, because it's, it's not so much about the riders or what's going on, it's more about a specific element within that shoot, be it a bike, uh, a component of clothing or whatever. Whereas with this, it's kind of like, you know, you, we can't dictate, you know, we traverse a very tricky terrain, both on bikes and in the trusty, trusty Jeep. Um, but you can't really predict what's going to happen. And it was interesting as well, seeing like those other sections where we were flying through on the Jeep, but actually very tricky for you guys. And it's, you know, there's so much, so many variables that go into it. So it's, it, it can't be this fix of like, it has to be this and everyone's happy and enjoying it's themselves. It's fluidity, because, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and it's more you know, natural and kind of, it's organic and like how it happens. And, you document it in that way because like there's highs and lows like any trip anything you do there's highs and lows there's like points where you think like yeah fuck yeah this is sick like i'm living the dream but then there's other points where you're like you know eight ten twelve hours into something and you're like yeah this is this is starting to be a bit grim it's time to bite a bit yeah yeah this is like i'm getting to my limit of what i'm willing to tolerate here um, I'm yeah, smirking. You know, and, it, and so like, but it, you know, that limit could come at right, like a really interesting point, and it's something that needs to be documented or captured, and in which case it can't be that, you know, manicured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just more raw, more real, and you kind of, yeah, trying to capture that. Yeah, that is interesting because I think, I mean, I'm sure you can find footage to the contrary, but I feel like I. I think I enjoyed all of it. You, yeah, you didn't really have a low. No, I was just, I think it was just, I was, maybe it's because I was like, felt like mother hen having to herd you. But like. But, but ultimately as well, it was, it was, we were very lucky. In, yeah. In a lot of senses. The weather was way better than forecast. We had yeah. a double tailwind and no real rain. And, and we made the very correct choices in terms of route because. Avoiding the glacier. If and, we had stuck to our original route, both before the glacier and after like it just really would have been very tough and I don't know if we would have made it. It's certainly been a little we've been flirting with the edge of dangerous, wouldn't it? Given yeah. our experience and equipment yeah. that we have yeah. on this. So I generally don't think you would have survived if you went over to the yeah. point of the glacier. I don't think we'd say you know would no. be I've spent a bit of time in you know, <laughs> these environments <laughs> and it, I, I yeah. I was very relieved when that call was made. Uh, just yeah. I've been in like snow covered, like glaciated mountains in the Arctic and when it, when you've got to get off, you've got to get off and the trouble with this, well where we are, if you want to get off, it's not a 45 minute, one hour hike down the mountain, it's three, four, five hours to get off and that becomes somewhat Oh don't dangerous. worry, when I was having like one of my 50 meltdowns, 
<laughs> I did search my travel insurance and I could have got a helicopter gun at any point. You've got to have a medical reason, though. You can't just like, it's not like a, you, your insurance doesn't cover you, like <laughs> helicopter taxi. It's like, oh, it's I this, is really, this is really hard. Also, it's not like you call the insurance company and they pay it to the helicopter. You have to pay for it yourself and then they reimburse you. It's not, it doesn't work that well, way. Well, I, yeah, I was, I was searching all sorts of ways. There was no bus timetable there either. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's might have been some of the grimmest weather I've ever had to film in. Really? really? Yeah. Really. I was I was gonna say out of all the shoots you've done, how does this one compare in can, terms of you conditions for us but also for you? Because you you lived you two both lived in a in a in a va- in a in a roof pop up tent for a, a oh, five yeah. days. I was, I was, first night was great. Where I was on my own the campsite. <laughs> Second night when it was your first night was fine. The third night, I've never been so, never shivered so much. I didn't sleep at all. I was just shivering the whole night. And I had three t-shirts, one jumper, three jackets, and a waterproof jacket on me, and I was still cold. <laughs> it was horrendous. <laughs> I was alright actually. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I slept like a log, but it was. We were all naked like, as well in that. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Uh, I was freezing. I think it was just because when I get really cold, I can't like keep regulate my temperature. Yeah. That's so, so cold. So it wasn't just us that went through it this week. You've also been through it, mate. Oh, you can't really compare what we did compared to you guys. <laughs> yeah, yours was way harder. <laughs> Last night did suck, mate. We we were camping oh. out and the wind was absolutely howling. It sounded like someone had like a semi-automatic BB gun pelting the back of the roof <laughs> tent like, due to the wind and the rain and. It was just, and then we got like hounded by this crazy, <laughs> the crazy campsite lady <laughs> afterwards to add insult to injury. It was, uh, yeah, she hunted us down. Where's my money? Where's my 4,000 Icelandic krona? £23 for the worst night's sleep of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you could pay me. Yeah. <laughs> Two bucks. For a second then, I couldn't actually think where we were last night. Yeah. In, the, in, a, in a nice warm apartment is where we were. Too hot. You were starfished. Yeah. It was actually too hot in there. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. No, I'd say it was um, very fun. It was a lot of firsts. Like, I've never done a river crossing in a Jeep before. Mm. Never been to Iceland. Six and one off to Scandinavia. Mm. Just like the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen. Like consistently amazing. Literally around every corner. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah. All of it. There was no bits. Shits on Sweden. It's just yeah. so <laughs> shits on Sweden. It's just <laughs> so yeah. unique in that yeah. you know it's, you can see the appeal of it and uh, yeah. I mean for me it was quite cool to tick off like so I've now been to all of Scandinavia which is quite cool um, and yeah it was quite fun like showing Andy how to do river crossings and uh, he I would trust him to how do. How do you do it in a car? How do you do it in a car? Yeah. So yeah, you scout it, mm. pick your line, you commit to your line, and then you enter slow, and then you have to progressively build power whilst not going go too fast. Line. Yeah, don't go in full gas. If you do that, you'll create a bow wave that'll go over the bonnet and flood the engine, oh, and then you'll just float down river. And you now knows. Well, nice. no, that or you just flood your engine, and then you get stuck in the river and you get wet feet. I got that. yeah, I got seven to the river coffin. River coffin. The river coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Today, actually, when we were riding on yesterday, when we were riding along like the main road and see the rivers, I found myself looking at the rivers thinking how I crossed them. Mm. And I was like, oh no, it's gone too far this. now. Every and bridge, you're like, oh, how'd you get across that one? And how I was like, well, I go that, that way and I go that way. And then I thought, oh god, no, I need to get back to <laughs> civilization. Yeah. 
levied Back rivers. somewhere dry. With tarmac bridges and footpaths. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, was it what Thank you guys you. expected uh, yeah. from, uh, yeah, from yeah, the trip? So. Yeah, yeah, easily, yeah. yeah. It, like, even the idea of us having to storyboard beforehand sent me into a bit of a spiral. Because <laughs> I was like, none of this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you can't... Like, even when we're putting together the storyboard, we're like, this is almost pointless. Yeah. Like, the, the introduction video, that's, yeah, that's good. But, like, storyboarding a 15-minute mini-documentary where you don't know what the weather's going to be like, you don't know where you're going to be sleeping, you don't know what anything's going to look like or what the ride is going to be like yeah. when they're knackered is just impossible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it it's was... It's basically reality TV, isn't it? Yeah. It's basically reality TV, yeah. That's why I love yeah. mini-documentaries. Yeah. It's just yeah. the cameras. And there's always wanted to be a reality TV style. Yeah. I mean. yeah. <laughs> it was great fun though it was just that it was raw like you know I love this kind of stuff and yeah like anything going out beyond the norm um, you know like be it backcountry in the Alps or like in the wilderness and up in the wilderness in the mountains up here where it is like so raw and you are you know exposed and you realise how insignificant human beings are in terms of the landscape and stuff which I think, like when the imagery goes live, um, will become apparent. It's uh, it's interesting as well. Like I really enjoy like I sh- shooting in a very different way because it's like, you know, going back to what Andy was saying earlier. It's like how you interpret stuff, and it's like this trip is it is about the bike, but it's not about the bike. And so there's you know, a lot of imagery where, I mean, you've got to look very hard to see the cyclists in there, but you guys are in there somewhere like flavoured landscapes like flavoured landscapes do you ever get that you do so many of these things like we talked about it so many times you do this kind of stuff so much like that normal people never go and do that you kind of get someone you're like numb to it a little bit Mm. do you ever get that yeah for sure like you talk to people about where you've been like my family asked me where you were last week and I'd be like oh Iceland Switzerland Germany Ireland and then Wales and stuff like that and they're like god you did so much I was like you don't even think about it really yeah. at the end of the day is I'm there for work I get yeah well I get the same thing it's like the I think cause you surround yourself with so much bicycle riding and what everyone's doing all the rest of it and like you know it, there's some people the, the majority of people I spend my time with is like oh yeah we did 500k in five days and we had a nice time like it doesn't they, I would get a very different reaction from my cycling friends than if I just went to work and be like, I, did, I took a week off work and did 500k around Iceland. Like, one group would be like, eh, all right. And the other group would be like, oh my God, like, yeah. you did 500k in, in, in a week. That's like from here to Cornwall. Like, yeah. like just two different, yeah, you do get mm. trapped in your bubble and not really appreciate yeah. what it actually means. Yeah, when we were riding, I was like, well, like, how do I actually describe, I can't describe this to people. Like, if someone asked how it was, and then I thought, oh, fair one, we've got film group back there doc- <laughs> documenting it, so I can just, I can't just show them. Sure, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I used to be like that, but then I must admit, having kids, it grounds you a bit more, and it's it's always funny, because uh, the other parents at my kids' uh, preschool, they kind of notice when I'm not dropping them off. And then when I come back, I get asked, oh, where have you been? Like, and then you start telling them and then they're like, wow, yeah, so cool. And so then I kind of reflect a bit more and I'm like, yeah, that is kind of cool. And, you know, and yeah, like they've, they've all got jobs and stuff, but they're kind of more traditional. And then, yeah, mine is slightly unconventional. Um, but I bet you wouldn't change it any day of the week, eh? Hey? No, I mean, it's, it's good fun and... 
Yes. I think we probably have the best jobs in the world, I do think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'd never easy. take trouble for granted. Yeah. Even when you're like, in a roof tent, freezing your ass off. Because I just think to myself, like, everyone lives in these, what, 99.999% of people in the world live this very sedentary 9 to 5 lifestyle. And they're very happy in their jobs for 20 years. And they don't really do that much, have that money, much aspiration, apart from going to Grand Canaria for a week in the summer with the kids. And then I think to myself, I actually get to go do all these things and be paid just to go and do these things. But then also at the same time, it makes you think about holidays and then you get really confused when you're on holiday. Yeah. Do you get that? I get, I get <laughs> yeah. that all the time. I get that. Like me and Francesca yeah. go to Barcelona and I'm just like, oh, what, what, who am I sending my invoice to? <laughs> what, what am I doing? Yeah, who's this dinner on tonight? Yeah, like, what's happening? And like you start putting, yeah, I don't know, I won't go into that too much, but... No, go on. No, I was just thinking, who do I expense my dinners to? Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. Oh, myself. Yeah, oh, I'm paying for it myself for once. This is odd. Yeah. But I like the way it's travel, like, the way we travel too. It's not, like, off the beaten track travel. Yeah. It's not normal. It's like adventure travel. tourism, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I never, ever would have gone to where we went. I can believe that. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I can't wait. I can't wait for people to see all the dad cat footage. It's just your face. It's just like, oh. Because uh, I want people to think I had a horrible time because I didn't have a horrible time. It was just that wasn't. I it, don't was, know. it was experience. Yeah, it really was. Character building. It was. Yeah. Char- no, sometimes I thought it was character deteriorating, but it was like this make me a very passive aggressive person, and I'm not. Like sometimes I was like. We assassinate each other like two bickering toddlers at a couple of points. Yeah, there was times I was like, this is making me a horrible human. And then there was times when I was like... Not for very long, maybe like yeah. five, ten minutes. I figured out what my low was actually. Oh, yeah. My low was the, with the flies. Oh, They are aggressive in Iceland. Yeah. They're, they're annoying. They're not even that bad though. Like, they're I'm, not I'm biting, they just like fly into you. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because I got something caught up my trouser leg when I was sleeping and oh, I was yeah. like three or four bites. <laughs> On my shin. That was Chris. That's because it was gnawing yeah, at you all night, mate. Yeah. All night. Trapped in your sock is just trying to get out. Yeah. yeah. You were actually bothering him more than he was bothering you. Oh, cheers. <laughs> yeah, the, the flies were annoying. They were annoying. Especially, like, I couldn't find my fly net. That was really annoying. Yeah. Oh, I did, yeah. I also wish you guys could see the photos, the portrait photos that you took of us with a million flies in front of our face. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure they'll ever come to light, but uh, they might do, they might do, but it's, uh, it's outtakes. Yeah, I mean, it's like that scene in The Mummy, you know, where like the, that weird mummy thing opens its mouth and all yeah. the flies come out. Mm. <laughs> like, that's not far off, like, it's <laughs> not far off reality, actually. It's, uh, we were using Flash as well, so they're all like perfectly frozen <laughs> in motion. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That was, uh, it's a shame, really, because it was like the perfect backdrop, but shame that there was... A million yeah. flies. A plague of flies. I've got one final tangent question that's not a very good one to wrap up on, but I'm personally interested. I've seen you taking a lot of film photos on this trip, but I feel like from the work that AJ showed us from you guys, like as like sample, I don't think I don't, I don't remember seeing any, or certainly not a significant amount. Would you say you've chosen to bring more film and shoot more film for this trip, or is it just that normally it doesn't make it out? Like, it's more just for personal interest. More for personal interest is what I enjoy doing the most in terms of photography. I mean, in an ideal world, I would have brought the large format camera, but unfortunately, logistically, that was going to be not possible. But, um, yeah, and it's funny as well because it's one of these things that quite often it's never asked for, but then when people see it, 
they quite often gravitate towards those images. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's funny the amount of times I've kind of fired off a few rolls of film on a shoot, even though it wasn't requested, and then they end up turning around and saying, oh, can we license these on top because we prefer mm -hmm. these? Or, um, yeah, but it's more just like, I mean, it's not every day you get to go up into the mountains, particularly, yeah, I mean, you can go up to the mountains there. The lower mountains are relatively accessible here, but like where we are, that was not so accessible. So it's not every day you get to go up there and experience that. So, you know, it's even if they never go anywhere beyond like a print box in my studio, that's, that's, that's fine. Funny. Um, it's more just, you know, that's, it's the process that I love and it's the process in these sorts of environments that I love. So yeah, you kind of have to do it even though it's slightly annoying and takes ages and I have a dilemma with some expired film as to what I actually do with it. Um, but yeah. Do you have the same at all? Is dad cam the same for you? Just a passion, passion cam? Passion cam. cam. <laughs> that sounds a bit wrong, doesn't it? Saved on that. Like what? <laughs> like what? What's on there? It's a brand new memory card. It's not old fashioned cam. Maybe it's slightly different. It's slightly different for video, I guess. Completely different. It's not going to be rolling around like Super 8. Well, um, I was. we were contemplating bringing the Super 8. Really? Yeah. But it's just different. It's so expensive. Yeah. For, for a little passion, when you're already shooting on two drones, one cine cam, one dad cam, GoPros, everything like that, and then having a Super 8, and then yeah. not knowing how it's going to come out because they yeah. all their light meters are broken in Super 8s and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, I guess I would have loved to bring the Super 8, but there was almost no point. Is yeah. it, is Would FPV be our equivalent? Albeit it's slightly different. FPV in would be amazing. a new equivalent, I would say. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to put a Super 8 on FPV, that would be fucking cool. That would be mad. Yeah, that would be mental. <laughs> it would also be dreadful. Yeah, it would be terrible. <laughs> the amount that the each would move between each frame. <laughs> um, yeah, FPV for me is the new thing, but it's so much fun. It's just like coming from like a... It's a video game. It's just a video game, in but if you life. crash, it's £2,000 in a river. Uh, it's just like... Or someone's head taken yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Killed someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, FPV is like a new thing for me. I find it so it's so much fun. Even like sitting like you had a game on it, didn't you? I did. I, I, yeah, I, I simulated. I couldn't stop tilting my head around the yeah. corners. So like even when I don't know when you rode past me that time, I was sitting on the side of the road doing it. I don't know if you could tell, but I I do tilt completely. Yeah, it's like so funny. Like full over, yeah. it's like full like. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so much fun. Like when you you do in FPV, you do things like ten or fifteen times until you get it perfect, and then you have to change battery. And, it's always that last shot that looks absolutely amazing, mm. and it's always when you're like half a meter off the ground, or you're about to crash, and it looks the best. Yeah, of course. So yeah, it's a it's a good hobby to have. But it's also a very expensive hobby to have. Well, only if you crash. Only if you crash. Like bike riding. Good hobby. Yeah. Can be expensive. Mm. <laughs> any any more questions? Anyone? I got questions for you guys. Did you oh, okay. What did you expect to have a film crew following you? I say film crew. We're not a fucking film crew. Oh, uh, you are. Okay, fine. A film crew following you. Did you expect <laughs> it to be like this? I don't know. I didn't. I've not had. I've not been the uh, main character. Yeah, or not even the just a character. Full stop. I don't know. It's not. It's not hugely different from what I was expecting. I guess I'd be really interested to. I don't know. Each. I feel like I've not been on enough of these trips yet. Each of these trips are always so unique and individual. Like going to up to the mountains and doing a thing. Is, I always plan in a very careful way about like what happens if this happens and if this happens is everyone going to be safe etc 
so it's completely new in that sense. But I wonder, so I wonder how the experience would have been different if we hadn't have had the support from you guys. Because I think logistically it was a massive help. Like we had way less weight on the bikes because of the remoteness. We'd have had to carry at least three days food, if not more. Um, probably nearer, like nearer four, realistically, because we're not going to be able to get everything we need for three days at a petrol station. Um, I wonder. I think it would have been significantly less nice. I think it would have been very ambitious as well for us as as our first trip as a three. Yeah, carrying all that stuff. And you just wouldn't have been able to appreciate where we were. Um, I also think seeing, like, it's the thing that I like about photography and film. is like you get to see the landscape you're in from a different perspective. Like FPV. Oh, yeah. It's like it shows it in a different way, which is, yeah, super cool. I really like that. Because mm. I was there. But it didn't quite look like that. But I know where it was because I was there. Mm. And that's I really like that. It's like like you like you were saying before at the, the start of the podcast. It's about like dramatizing where you are to try and communicate how you felt at the time. Because yeah. if you just show ex- it exactly as it was, you don't know, to other people. But, like, but yeah. also, obviously, we're just looking at FPV the whole time. We're looking what we see from our eyes. You don't get to see what we look like as a three from yeah, the side. Yeah, exactly, around. exactly. So it's really nice to have that that kind of from what you've seen so far. Does that tie in, or does it represent? roughly or remotely close to what you're experiencing or like the atmosphere when you're in those landscapes at that point in time I think it's very different yeah very very different it's really tricky I'm, I'm really interested how the edit comes out and how you bring out because obviously you've been observing us as people and like collecting slices of us and I think it'd be really interesting to see how you tell that story and portray us because it's like yeah obviously we all had our experience on the road and I don't know I'll watch the film and let you know if it's like how it was but it's <laughs> I don't think it has to be the same and it never can be exactly the same yeah. it'd be really interesting to see how close it is to being like I don't know I don't even know if the aim is to make it as if people are there with us though it kind of is that's why you kind of I don't if you notice I only have a shot with a gimbal today yeah. I never shoot with a gimbal when it's like mini dog stuff because actually too smooth or it's, it's just like too it's polished. too polished mm. you can't feel like you're there with someone if you're if you're kind of handheld and you're getting really up close to someone and you're kind of following them around then you kind of get a sense of who that person is and you kind of connect with that person a bit more because it feels like you are another person it there like less yeah. distant. your head isn't always completely smooth when you're moving around on the bike yeah. it kind of feels like you're there with that person mm. annoyingly that on the road sections we could only get within a certain amount of metres of you yeah, yeah. when yeah, everything else we can get much closer to you, but yeah, I think that's what the dad cam kind of brings out as well. I think like the hardest bit is the most important as well. Obviously, it's yeah. like that. How do you like distill? Yeah. To uh, like group dynamic into something you package and show to people. So you obviously don't want to focus on one person too much as well, because then it kind of portrays everyone else in a bad light or they're less of a character than anybody yeah. else. So you kind of make it really even. Like I know we joked about Anna's first ever time bikepacking and then we when we said actually we probably shouldn't focus too much on her having a terrible time. <laughs> Anna's just got main character energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's taken as an insult, Tom. <laughs> Take it back. In a good way, in a good way. <laughs> what, that. what are you going to say about that? What are you going to say about that? Go on. Your face doesn't portray. <laughs> this is the wrong medium for portraying your facial expression. Uh, I was not like impressed. Building that character arc for each person 
like as Chris described you very well Tom like a Ray Mears bike packer kind of like, yeah, knowing, before we even left yeah <laughs> kind of like knowing everything about that place you're going to and knowing all Wikipedia the Wikipedia on a bike isn't yeah, it yeah Wikipedia on right. a bike yeah and then sometimes unreliable but there's always a fact there whether it's true or not but they're just coming out all the time really randomly yeah some of them were actually quite interesting some of them and some of them not what do you do in your spare time to know the name of that bird you could just make it up and you it's a great Christian warbler <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind of, yeah building each characters for that for that audience because if you know the audience because if you, for example if you've got like people that make football documentaries come and do it so it'll be completely different I'd really like to see that <laughs> you just like go cross sport and they'd be like what is going on chat GPD in the style of a football documentary <laughs> <laughs> No, wait, in the style of something else. Yeah, but you kind of mould it to the audience to watch it. Yeah, like, for example, if you know that it's going to be a mainly mountain biking audience instead of a uh, gravel cycling audience, you make it much faster mm. because mountain biking is much faster than gravel riding. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, make it more adventurous. Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a great podcast. Yeah. 32, 32 minutes. Before we wrap up, we should say... We're really thankful, guys, for you to join us, and we're very, very excited to see the outcome in all Thanks of its. For tolerating us sticking cameras in your face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's quite nice. Sometimes when you do this kind of stuff, like with other people you probably know anyway, yeah. film doing yeah. these kind of things, it does end up in people crying quite a lot. <laughs> there um, was no crying this week. There was no crying at was all. Was there? I put my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I saw. Um, I don't think I saw a tear. You might have had a little, when you were stomping a, around at the back, maybe you had a little one. But. There was some gritted teeth over mm. those uh, freezing water crossings. I, yeah, I think we're getting the message across. I, I had a good time, guys. I just want to put it out there, I had a good time. <laughs> I feel like with oh, not selling as I have a good time, but I did. But yeah, I guess just stay tuned for the film that's on, on upcoming. And, uh, mm. Yeah, of course. Stay tuned for more stories tomorrow.